Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> and welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. Every Saturday, the freak show happens, whether you like it or not, right here in the dank, dark basement. Uh, I'm... But I'm your host, Colin. I'm surrounded by internet radio superstars, including Travis, Chris, Gary, and welcome Chris, our special guest this week. Woo-hoo. Special guest star. And this week we watched my film pick, and it was House of Wax from the year 1953, directed by a guy named Andre de Toth. Which we found out for a 3D movie, this guy... I was going to say, forgetting one important thing, in 3D. In 3D, 3D, 3D awesome 3D. That's yeah, right, we very watched good 3D. it in 3D thanks to Warner in, Brothers' new Blu-ray. And, and new 3D at the time, which was pretty gnarly as if from the Wikipedia page. The first color 3D film. And first from a major studio. Yes. Because what they did was there was, uh, there was a movie that came out the year prior to this called Buana Devil. Buana Devil? It was like an African safari kind of uh, thriller or something like that. And that was the first movie done in black and white. white. Yeah. Yes. But widely distributed, I believe. And when yeah. was Creature? Because wasn't Creature? That was 54. So that was right in this area. Because the House of Wax, I mean, well, I guess Buona Devil kicked off the 3D phenomenon. You know, the original 3D phenomenon. House of Wax was the first uh, like major studio 3D movie. And it made... Like tons and tons of money, and made the studios want to get a, into this. a whopping five point five million dollars. <laughs> what was the population back then, though? I mean, really? Yeah, yeah, that no, yeah that's a lot of money back then. That means, you know, like, a coffee's side, a nickel. Right? <laughs> so people are like that's fooey stuff, make believe. You know, they would rather spend their money on whatever automobiles and, and like, <laughs> yeah, bread. Well, There's no international and, film market then either. Right? Really? No, no, no. Yeah, it's just yeah yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does a lot of money back then. No yeah. doubt about it. And it established uh, Vincent Price as uh, the premier horror mm, movie yes. star. Mm, and then Vincent for- Price. Mm. <laughs> uh, doing his best uh, Ryan, Judge Reinhold impression. <laughs> yeah, Judge Re- the throughout the movie. The close talker throughout the movie. <laughs> My favorite part. But 3D only lasted about like two years at this point in time. Like This but- was the technology that was supposed to originally get people out of their homes and away from television because TV was new in the fifties. And so the studios needed something. They saw 3d as the great, you know, savior of, of film. So it only ran for about two years. Every movie was pretty much made in 3d. I think in two years, there was like some 40 odd movies that were made. I mean, every single genre was done and every big star was in one, you know, John Wayne and, you know, everybody. And uh, then it kind of died out, I think, because there was uh, projection problems. Back in the day, what they were doing was they would use uh, both – like theaters would be equipped with two projectors, right, where you would switch off reels. It would be like one reel mounted to projector number one, and like halfway through it would trigger projector number two to play the second reel of the movie while the projectionist is threading, you know, projector number one again. So that's how it would switch reels. But for 3D, it would they would use both projectors, both aimed at the screen, one for the right eye, one for the left eye. And so they couldn't do that switchover. So this movie actually has like a built-in intermission. Ten-minute intermission. Yeah, because they had to reload the And it's the like cans. the first like 20 minutes of the film. It didn't seem very long. It seemed like right yeah. at the beginning of the movie, like, fuck, what the? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like a it, middle thing. It went pretty quick. And they didn't figure out how to put both the images onto one piece of celluloid until, I believe, mid-60s. 
Yeah. It sort of had a resurgence and it got a lot cheaper at that all point. All of the 1980s, 3D, when 3D came back in the 80s and briefly in 83, it was all on single strip. But there's a significant, I think, uh, resolution difference. You know, because yeah. you're doing it off a 135 millimeter film instead frame. Of, instead so of opposed to two, yeah. Yeah, so it's like half half resolution right there. And then they tried doing it on 70 to kind of compensate for that in the 80s, but people just weren't buying it. Now, we know Vincent Price was like already a pretty big radio star, um, but was he like, I wonder, was he like a household name already before this movie? Or was this just name. what made him a horror dude? Well, it made him, uh, I think both. It made him a household name that was synonymous with horror films. And then, I mean, that was the guy's career. I mean, for well, yeah, that, most was, of most of the films like The Fly and Last Man on Earth, that all came after this movie. So but yeah. I wonder like what his radio career was. Was the radio career horror related? Or was I it just so? Because like when I look back in like his career, I mean like he did a lot of Shakespeare and a lot of like he never really landed like a, a big like leading like romantic leading man type thing sure. because of you know I mean he's got like an interesting face I guess you know that's not traditionally you know handsome. Well, and he's well, I don't know is he is he German or is he? Uh... Uh, I know he's born in he's born here he's born was in he? America yeah. I mean, but they have like that. He has like a kind of an affected, uh, you know, Hollywood accent at the time. They all had this kind of manufactured, <laughs> almost like Shakespearean. Almost, like, yeah. The, the announcer. It's, kind it's of, just. I think it comes through a lot of the, like, the yeah. classically it's, trained Shakespearean yeah. actors at yeah. that time Lawrence came Olivier across like that. Kind of yeah. had that same. It's well, he definitely natural. has that that voice that it, it can just his voice can evoke emotions in a person as you're watching his films, whether it's sorrow, fear, he mm-hmm. just, he can be creepy. He can be someone that you really feel bad for. And he displays a lot of that in this film and, and, and a few of his others. He was trained. Well. He was trained at, at the same theater that Orson Welles owned in London. And so he is a classically trained Shakespearean actor mm-hmm. uh, before he made the switch to screen, which I think explains a lot of that. I'm not sure, but yeah. I, I, would, I would assume. Yeah, but I mean, but this, we're talking about the day when, like, you know, in order to become an actor, you had to go through, like, there was training that you had, mm-hmm. you know, you had to take, like, song and dance. You had to learn how to fence. You had to learn how to ride horses. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like, yeah. that was all part of it. And apparently Dodge Fire. Yeah, yeah, which they did a lot of in this movie, <laughs> which I was very impressed with. Yeah, I loved that fire scene. It reminded me of like the end of Raiders of Lost Ark with all the melting wax. Well, races. that was that was something that as a child watching that movie, it, it was creepy to me watching those heads melt away and the, the features shrink. And, and, and it, as a little kid, I'm thinking, man, is that what happens to people when they burn, too? Because you uh, don't know yeah, you're yeah, little, yeah, you know. Yeah. And right. it was just really that I always remember that stuff. Well, yeah, I wonder was like what faces. is creepy about melting wax, right? Because I mean, you have seen it a lot. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those it's, things it's that because is because it's like a humanoid feature that you know, it's a humanoid face. It's melting. Yeah, I think that's the creepy. You like thing expect about it. it to start fucking screaming or run or something. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just got a natural creepiness. It's like I'm the same way watching dolls burn in movies. Yeah, it's, it's creepy yeah. watching mm. dolls burn. Yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah the the Great. stationary now I'm have nightmares. I should have <laughs> shut up. With the, the burning <laughs> dolls. That's my new band name. The helpless <laughs> paralysis of of inanimate but seemingly lifelike <laughs> creatures. Yeah, burning. Well, it's interesting, you know, you were talking about that scene, the fire scene. I mean, the movie's... Uh, Which is the opening scene, kind of. Yeah, like, yeah. it's know. definitely the inciting incident, if Vincent Price plays a, a sculptor uh, who works in wax and has this wax museum, and his part, business partner double-crosses him, or wants to get out to invest his money in something else. So he, uh, because there's insurance on well, the he place, wants he wants Vincent Price to do, like, Chamber of Horrors, like, really gory exploitation. stuff. Exploitation. Oh, yeah, yeah, exploitation, where he's like, I only make things of beauty, and... Yeah. 
Yeah. My hands. Uh, 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 my, my wax museum's art. Yeah. Well, and, and, and he has that underlying insanity that the great artists have, I think, you know, it, it, where he believes his figures talk. He like, is like yeah. almost he, insane a, from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you have to have that, right? For where he becomes later. I mean, I guess maybe I you guess wouldn't so, buy it right? if he wasn't talking to his, uh, his creations at that point. I don't know. But they, yeah. they burn the place down, and that's where all these uh, figures melt. But, you know, watching that scene, I just, I like the way, you know, we talk about. Uh, you know, how filmmakers now do like these long takes, you know, and it's like, Ooh, look, they didn't like this long take where they're steady camming through everything. But back then, you know, for this, I mean, there is still kind of that, uh, sense of the like photographed stage play, right? It's like, you're so looking at one big, side, yeah, like yeah, one side of the room, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. We follow Every once in a while here. the bodies fly through and yeah. But I've always liked it. Cause then, yeah, you, you give those actors, those marks where they're going to stop here and say these lines, he's going to go over here, put a hat down. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, I like that because it does feel like, you know, you don't go in a room, stand around and talk to your friend, you know, you right. usually do something. And it's definitely proscenium staged, if you will, where it's almost there is a missing wall that we're going to put the camera on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We never turn it around. You never look. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a three-walled thing. But it's impressive because they built, like, apparently, from what we see later. It's like a two. This whole, you know, yeah, two-floor kind of museum. It's pretty deep. Yeah. In a well, even the state. entryway, the way they that pans in to mm-hmm. the to the entrance. It's, yeah. you know, when they have the opening night. That's It's a really cool effect. Yeah. yeah. And I'm assuming that's on a soundstage. Oh, on some studio that. lot, which was probably massive at the time. Yeah, that's so what it was would like. Be a huge luxury like, nowadays. There just fewer movies that they were shooting at the same time, so they had that much space. But when you go back, and they you just look knew at, it was going to be three D. It's like we need space. Yeah, you well, know, why and, make a three D without space? You know, you Warner Brothers. Depth. Yeah, Warner Brothers is also. I mean, they're still very much a machine in their their studio releases, and this was the first tentpole, if you will, in their big slate for that year. So they invested a lot of money in it. So they probably gave it their biggest space that they had available, which was formidable at the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, and and it it definitely, I, I enjoyed this 3D over what we see now in 3D. It it, it just felt. Like you really were seeing the depth of the movie. I don't feel that one. I think it's modern. Cool. It's 3D. almost like everything was in focus. Yeah, you know, everything from the background to the front, it's all in focus. So it's like okay, you can see the depth. Well, like oh, the, yeah. the in the music hall when they went to the music hall, you've seen the two levels of the chandeliers and then the girls on the stage. Yeah. And then even when the girls were dancing on the stage, you can see all the way back to the girl. You can see the depth even on the stage. It was just incredible to me. That I, I really love that a lot. You know, it's, I've been I've been thinking about this because I'm like, why are you know modern 3D movies shot so shallow? You know, I mean, the, the planes of depth, I guess, are very shallow compared to everything from this period of time is shot like this. You know, there's a significant amount of depth both behind and in front of the the screen that you're watching, right? And I think what it comes down to is the. I don't know. Somebody maybe out there listening to this might be able to help me out. But I think that the monitors that they, you know, because they're able to actually watch 3D live when they're shooting now, right? Because they've got these LCD, you know, LED monitors. And when you're using the active glasses, right, when you're looking at an LCD monitor, sometimes you get this effect called ghosting, which I don't know if you saw any of that tonight on this, but... It's when you get, a, when, like, say, the left eye is supposed to only be seeing the left eye picture, but a little bit of the light of the right eye gets in there. So you see, like, almost a faint double image, you know? 
and that's called ghosting. It's very prevalent on LCD uh, television sets because the light is like right there. You know, it's the pixels lighting up. So apparently, you know, when you get, uh, they call it parallax, when the images are, are mm-hmm. separate, when you get them too far apart, uh, you you end up with like this this ghosting effect. Whereas, you know, DLP technology takes care of that. And when you see stuff projected in a movie theater, that you don't see that problem as well because it's the lights projected on the screen reflected back to you and it's canceled out in the glasses. So I'm wondering, are like the directors sitting there watching these LCD monitors and they're like, okay, let's set the shot up. Let's set, oh, no, no, I can see ghosting. I can see ghosting. It's like, no, no, we got to keep the ghosting to a minimum. And so... They're by doing that, so they cut the depth to the depth, right? Because they know that this is where it's going to show up on you know, when it goes to home video, most people have LCD uh, television sets, or they could be making that consideration. I think they are using a lot of composite in their special effects in a lot of 3D movies, and that also compresses you know, it's like everything is in the foreground that's yeah, this part we want in the foreground, and this part we want in the second ground, this part we want in the background, and so it's almost like. Two and a half D, if you will, yeah. or some of it like fake three D. Yeah. Well, and but uh, and so to many me, of them, and we, and we don't have that conversions in this. too. They, yeah, they were shot two D and then uh, made into three D. A lot of the modern, and I'm not talking eighties because there was a little bit of revival in the eighties. But uh, a lot of the new ones, things that could be three D, they skip over. Uh, like the the Barker in this movie when he's doing the paddle balls, they're flying mm. right at you. I mean, you can you know. Well, they don't want to do that because they're always going to have a two D version. Yeah, for home well, video, so you, they don't want to do that shit where when you're at home watching Jaws three D right. and you're like, what the fuck, you know? The person's like, you know, well, you and I, you and I went and saw like Ghost the, the, the second Ghost Rider together, and the scene where the chain's flying out of his mouth, which would have been a cool scene if it was flying at you out of his mouth. No, it's shot to the side, and it really yeah. had no 3D effect to it at all. But I don't know if that was even was that shot for 3D. Yeah, I yeah, think it was, was shot. I think Ghost Rider Two was actually shot in 3D. I know there's a website crazy. where you can go to and you can find out what movies are shot that mm. way. But it seems like so many of them now but, are, are but are the, converted after the because fact. The, the flame coming out of somebody's mouth is a special effect I, I, because it's not practical. You're not having so much like the fog in this movie. You could tell that oh yeah, the smoke can, ang- yeah. angles. Yeah. You're getting an actual three dimensional image of what a three dimensional image of fog would look like mm-hmm. because you're working with a two dimensional fire representation. That's existing over a shot of Nicolas Cage breathing fire. Right. Yeah. Does that somehow flatten that image to make it look somehow less 3D? Well, that's I, think you I don't can know. Do it because I mean I've seen stuff that you know like I mean I saw a bunch of you know when they did uh, Alice in Wonderland the Tim Burton one for instance you know they they it was all CG 3D stuff like bouncing off of the screen and stuff and it was you know I mean even something like what. In gravity, there's like he reaches for a bolt, I think, that's floating out, you know, into the audience and grabs on it. I mean, all those things are probably added after the fact. So you can do it. I think you can calibrate, you know, like how far out this is, but they never actually seem to take things, you know, right up to your face. Whereas stuff in the 50s and the 80s would try to like come out and, you know, hit you upside the head with, uh, with the image, which was cool. I mean, like, because if I'm paying for a 3D movie, damn it. That's what I'm expecting is yeah. I want at some point the spectacle. They don't want yeah. the gimmick. Yeah, they don't want yeah, the gimmick. The they gimmick. just want the movie. They don't want, but it's like, but you're making a fucking gimmick movie. It's yeah. If it's going to yeah. be in 3D, that's a gimmick. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't want a 3D Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I suppose that's one vote. The thing too, it's like you knew it'd be like, so romantic in 3D, right? <laughs> but House of Wax was obviously shot to be to be shown in 3D. Now we shoot movies with the idea that like most people are going to see them in 2D. They're also going to see show them in a premium format, which is 3D or IMAX or IMAX 3D. You know, so it's like. Yeah, it does feel like they're kind of hedging their bets as far as, you know, who's, you know, are they actually going to see this movie in its intended Because they're still only making it for the 2D. Even though they're putting in all these other versions, eh, it's still really being made just for this one. Well, well also, when, you, when you look at something like uh, Step Up 3D, I know that's probably not. I heard it was awesome. But, I've never uh, seen the it. The 3D yeah, is pretty impressive. <laughs> my wife likes to watch those movies. The, the 3D in those movies are definitely kind of a manufactured 3D where they're putting people on different planes within the palette i felt that way about thor though when yeah, i saw that I in 3d in i see that too in, in things like thor and, and beowulf the, the 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 computer animated 3d mm-hmm. it, and it looks like it's almost different levels that's how it's almost depth. like looking through a Viewmaster to me the new yeah. 3d but you're that's saying this doesn't look like that no this was incredible this this I love. This like felt white. 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the other stuff. It's seriously. It's like looking through the old Viewmasters. Is mm. is how I feel about it. But it could be because they used polarizing 3D and not the blue red 3D. Well, see, that's actually a misnomer. There, the blue red 3D was made for print. It was made for comic books and, and reproducing stuff uh, on you know on paper. printed on paper. Yeah. But all uh, 3D movies, okay, so I'm going to say like 95% of movies made in 3D were made in a polarized uh, polarized process, shot with two cameras and then projected. And then, and then re- yeah, reverse engineered onto one print. Yeah, after but the, later in the, later, yeah, later, later in, the, in, yeah. the, in the decades. But, yeah. I mean, they were all, you know, the Creature from the Black Lagoon was black and white, but when you saw it in the theater, you wore polarized glasses, you saw it in black and white. When it was released on TV, because they couldn't, uh, you know, you, you can't do Polaroid uh, on television because it, it requires two different light sources. Mm-hmm. You know, the glasses cancel out one light source and, you know, for each eye. <clears throat> so they did them at what is called Anaglyph 3D. That's a red and blue. So that was never actually no movies. That's a vastly inferior format compared to like. I've been, I've been movie shamed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it, that's but it's funny because a lot of people like assume that like old 3D movies were made in that format. And now it's like now we have this opportunity to like go into the vaults and get these things back and be like, here's Fort Ty, you know, or here's a. Uh, uh, what was it, Hondo, or, you know, Charge at Feather River or something like that, and actually show them in, you know, their original uh, uh, you know, full-color 3D. They did release uh, Dial M for Murder, the yeah. Alfred Hitchcock one. That looks pretty good, too. But it looks like this. You know? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you give me movies like this, I'll watch them. But a lot of the new 3D, I won't pay the extra for it. I I, I did the first few, and I, I just wasn't that impressed with yeah. it. Well, you, you talked about, uh, like, layered 3D and stuff, and that's actually, like, one of the things that I think uh, you – can exploit in in modern 3D stuff that I haven't seen a whole lot in like the you know the 50s where it is kind of like you've got your background plane, your midground which is your screen, and your foreground which is stuff coming off the screen at you. But I saw Life of Pi, and that was you know I mean again it's when you have like somebody who's actually making a movie to make it in 3D. I think this is you know Travis what you're talking about. It's like a lot of them now are made to be 2D because. The director's like doesn't know anything about 3D, doesn't want to do anything in 3D, but the studio is saying the movie will make more money if it's in 3D, so you have to do it. And that's why they're doing it. But if you have somebody like Ang Lee who wanted to do Life of Pi in 3D, 
he set up like these planes. There's like five or six planes, you know, yeah. in that movie, which is like just really cool to look at. It still has like a picture book kind of. I just wish uh, he wanted thing, to do but... a good Hulk movie, but other than that, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. sorry. Maybe he did Shots want fired. to do it. Maybe <laughs> it just maybe. didn't happen. Yeah, maybe. I don't think he set out to make a bad one. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. But the other thing that you know we were talking about earlier, just in the in the fire sequence of this, where the place burns down, is like you know I, I've seen a number of movies now from this era where it just seems like actors at that time, like you know I don't know what their contracts they were expendable. Are. Yes, actors were expendable. Oh, it's the studio they system. treated them like the real fucking like how they should be treated. Like get in there, not monkey. gods, not gods and goddesses. You're, being, yeah. you're pretending to be something. What the hell? You're a celebrity because I made you a celebrity. Get, get out there. Fire. It's also maybe possible that like all these guys. I mean, it's the '50s, so like a lot of these guys could have came out of the service or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's just for more, damn sure. Everybody you know, party back. That's then. what it was. Yeah. No, well, like, wait, you want me to sure. get in there with some? Yeah, fire? people had balls back then. Well, it's like, before it's before they were well, we insuring their insuring their butts for two million dollars yeah. or their legs for two million dollars. It's it's stupid how they treat them now. Yeah, but I, back I mean, then, God, cattle. I mean, it just seems like there's a couple of scenes in this where like these guys are fighting through fire. I mean, it's like yeah. and they're the real actors. They're not yeah. stuntmen. Yeah. You can tell yeah. it's actually Vincent Price in fire, which I loved. Yeah, that takes cojones. Well, yeah, because that one scene, they were right on top of it. I mean, they were inches, they like, inches away they like from it when they landed. Like, the they, like, yeah. they both knock over a fucking cabinet, and the top of the cabinet would be on fire. It's like, Jesus, what if they just like moved, uh, you know, right. yeah, yeah. Or, the cabinet would just move a little bit. They'd, like Their head would be on fire. I'm sure they had a guy with a fire extinguisher if it got to that. But Yeah, you know. I'm sure. Or like a few buckets of water. It was yeah. in the 50s yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They're like, water yeah. takes care of fire. Blah, blah, you know. yeah, don't worry about it. it. Like, we'll, we'll be in there with a fire <laughs> extinguisher if something yeah. goes wrong. We have wigs if your hair catches yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, that was definitely we own the uh, newspapers we'll cover it up union <laughs> stage you oh, know, yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah but i do think i don't know i think that is a better way because i don't know like i said at least actors were to me more in their place like they're part of the movie making yeah, process it wasn't so like oh you're the man oh we well, love i you. mean there were stars i mean stars came out of that system oh there yeah. was the big glamorous stars back in the day but but again but they were because they, they made like fucking 70 movies and maybe like yeah. 20 of them were good you know what I mean? Like, they just fucking... Well, yeah, they made, like, four so years. Shit. You became a star if, like, you know, you became a household name. Or if people... If you being in the movie meant people would go see it. It's the same thing today. Yeah, right. Like, I'll go see this because so-and-so's in it. If they weren't in it, it you know, would be less of... You know, like but due to... The, I think more of it's due to the world of litigation that we live in now. Yeah. Oh, yeah everybody definitely. sues over everything. You know, a star gets injured now on a picture. It's, they might as well shut it down. They're going to they're mm-hmm. lose everything anyway. Yeah. So... I mean, I don't know whatever how it was resolved. You know, the horrible accident that happened with Brandon Lee. I don't know how that was resolved, but I'm sure you know somebody no somebody idea. paid out on that. Mm. You know, yeah, insurance. Yeah, but in this, I, mo- oh, sorry, go ahead. no, I loved uh, I loved how the actors had the presence of mind in that in that fire scene when when their the rail didn't break away. Yeah, the price gets hit and he turns and, he, and the railway doesn't break away enough, so that he turns back towards the guy who's hitting him. Like, yeah, and like he makes again, another yeah. hit and then, and then he, and he like breaks away well, and he like tries to push he it even harder a little bit the yeah. first time to like, like loose oh, it didn't or break it. And, yeah. and then he has to do it again. That's what I fall wonder, off like the ledge. Price like pushed out like he was supposed to really throw his body weight against it and fall over and he didn't and it's like God damn it, do it. We're yeah. we're we're still rolling. Just fucking do it. There's fire. We can't do this again. Yeah, we don't have any more. I loved that. I thought oh, that, that was awesome. That was a nice team player kind of movie. Well, just like movies back then, it's like it didn't seem like there was much like 
I mean, we always talk about our, you know, all these these actors had to go through these Shakespearean, uh, you know, they had to take uh, fighting courses. And the, but I swear to God, it just looks like they're just like throw each other on each other, you know, just just fucking throw your fists around and just knock each other over into the set. Yeah, you know, it just looks like that, which I I've always thought was really fun. Yeah, it yeah. just really looks like those guys are fighting. It just kind of feels like <laughs> there's less uh, like now. It seems like fight scenes are slowed down, so you can like you know. Get the impact of every punch and or the angle edited in a way, angle but these are like shot from a distance, and it's like it's these guys, you know, spilling into each other and falling all over the place. Well, yeah. these were more, especially fights back then, where they were shot more like brawls. Not yeah. not everybody's trained in technical martial arts That's like true. in the modern yeah. fist yeah. fights. Yeah. You know, these were just guys throwing haymakers, hoping one connected. Slaps. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and that kind of makes sense because why would a, a a professional wax sculptor be like a third yeah, belt, right? You know, <laughs> in kung fu or something. It only makes beauty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, uh, that you know, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think they did change as as they went along. I mean, watch John Wayne and the old fight scenes with him. They're just brawls. They're barroom brawls. That's all they are. Yeah. It, it, you know, and then you started getting into the martial oh, arts movies, martial and arts then, movies yeah. then like, it, yeah. wait, no one's throwing kicks. We better put some kicks in here. Yeah. yeah. So, so and then, it becomes more of a dance routine, a violent dance routine, I guess. Yeah. Right. Which is yeah. awesome in its own right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally, I love kung fu. Sure. Yeah, but now it's even but spilled it, over it into seems, gunfights. It's just yeah. as incredibly stupid. Yeah. It, 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 Points, yeah. I don't buy. It's unrealistic. It's like, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm not yeah. seeing the movement here. Yeah. There's doves flying. I get that. Doves yeah. are flying yeah. while there's bullets. Yeah, that's like 20 years ago. Now. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. All right so, 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 yeah, it's been a half hour. We haven't even talked about this movie <laughs> yeah. at all. We well, talked about what 3D is. Right. We won't be <laughs> we won't be ruining anything to say that Jared, Professor Jared, survives the fight. What? <laughs> and becomes a horribly Vincent Price survives? He's the, but he's the lead, of course. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting, like his makeup, I wouldn't say is uh, terribly like influential, like I've seen it all over the place. But yeah, you know, it's nothing really, I mean, it really looks no like a bunch monsters? of purple veins. It looks yeah. like he's gray with a bunch of pr- a purple-sided veiny face. Yeah. Almost uh, like what you would imagine a Batman 66 Two-Face would look like. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, something. a little bit. And, and he was definitely kind of influenced by like Phantom of the Opera meets Darkman. That's what Anthony. we were thinking, like, because of the shadow well, we think, we at that just, time also. Yeah, that kind of, it's like, yeah with the hat. And the cool. like the, the the black like whatever frock coat whatever yeah. it's always got that the the shoulder uh, yeah like the like cape or whatever cape. the fuck yeah. you want to call it it's, or it's a frock, Jack right? the Ripper also because there's yeah. an extended scene in this movie where the uh, the killer you know stalks this woman through like the, the foggy stalker. streets of, uh, yeah. of New York which is all on a back lot and I was telling uh, Travis earlier it's like this uh, I've seen that scene done again in uh, an Italian movie called Baron Blood by Mario Bava. It's got Joseph Cotton in it. Joseph Cotton plays a character who looks just like, I mean, it was like they were going for the same Vincent Price, you know, the makeup. He's got the black hat and the cape, and he's chasing this woman around through, uh, through you know, the back lot of Italy somewhere. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, so I've seen that kind of reference to it before. But so he starts stealing the, uh, well, he kills the, the, uh, the, the partner. his partner and that, his girlfriend and his girlfriend, but then he well, starts using the bodies uh, to be the new. Uh, oh, spoiler! I know, right? <laughs> We're a spoiler <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler heavy. We're a spoiler, no. That way, we can dissect it all. Yep, yeah, right. the meaning it. behind it. <laughs> yeah, so the other dead bodies become 
the wax figures. Because he, he, obviously, in the new museum, he, he, with his burnt new house hands, of wax. he can't make the beautiful things he wants good. So all he can do is find beauty, dipping in yeah. wax. Yeah. 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 His, his burnt so, hands can't sculpt; they can only kill can only and maim kill. and choke. Right. And I really do want kung to find fu. how he found like what three other helpers. To, yeah. Like, yeah. like well, no, this is a good idea. No, I think this two. is a profitable business. It, it was just those two. Was I it just those two? Yeah, I think Igor. Bronson's oh, character was definitely. But wasn't there a third? Yeah, did we say it's Charles Bronson but as were, Charles yeah. Buczynski or whatever he's yeah. in this movie. But I thought there was a third guy just when they were show when when uh, when because okay when Vincent Price's original benefactor uh, uh, betrayed him, there was another guy Matthew that was going to come in. Who was his name? Matthew Burke was his original partner. Oh, okay, that's the guy who dies first. The new yeah. okay. Well, there was another Sydney guy who something. was going to Sidney uh, Wallace. Who was going to buy his stuff? Yep. And that he, character comes back in the play, mm-hmm. and he's showing him his new factory, and he's showing him the process—the process of which I have a fucking great big boiling <laughs> bed of uh, <laughs> it's not dangerous at all. Acme, yeah, it looks yeah. like a fucking like a like a like an action figure play set or whatever. Oh like, yeah, that's where uh, you like. Yeah. Oh, no, don't get your Ninja Turtle. <laughs> it, it looked it looked exactly like what the Joker falls into in, in Tim did, Burton's well, Batman. I, I looked at, I the noticed pink that. and everything. I mean, you know? dude, Tim Burton uses that exact thing where where Jack Napier's on the bridge, he turns one way, there's cops. Yeah. He turns another way, there's absolutely. cops. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, I mean, that was in this movie. <laughs> wow. For sure. I mean, and he's actually in, in that kind of, well, a similar hat and coat that, yeah, uh, that and, Vincent uh, Price wears. Well, the Joker was created, like, whatever. Well, shit, actually, in the 1940s. But the mystery at the Wax Museum was... Uh, 1930s, early 30s. The mystery, which is this is a remake of yeah, this is a remake of the mystery of the Wax Museum with Fay Ray. Well, and and Joker was based on the Man Who Laughs, which is which is probably but they might have did the dipping some of the dipping from the House of Wax. You know, that's how which is totally you know expected from Warner Brothers, who recycles everything that they've ever done. And you were talking about Burke. Did you guys have you guys brought up Kathy yet? No, yeah, well, that's not the, yet. The, the we, girl that gets she's the first one who gets killed. Right. Who she's Burke's killed. Burke's her sugar daddy is the way it appears in the movie. Okay, yeah. this fucking movie teaches women to be so sexually liberal because it's like, oh yeah, like you said the the, the You have a problem with that? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> oh, you ho- have no idea. Hollywood, oh, yeah, I'm a pretty I could be I love smut, but I could also be a pretty like like cinematic Protestant where I'm like that's bullshit. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, so so yeah, she's all about how like all you gotta do is find the right one, honey. And she's got her fucking stupid Betty Boop laugh or whatever because oh, it's just yeah. like, hey, girls, go for that, you know, be fucking stupid blonde and fucking sexy and <laughs> and catch your fucking man, you know. <laughs> yeah, but they're not encouraging that. She's the one who dies. The that strong, is true. That uh, is true. The strong-headed woman is the hero. Yeah. And, and there's definitely that, that, that enough Hollywood fetish. There's a, there's a little bit of bondage going well, on there. There's there's a sexualized rack. You know, and, they have the I'd woman for, on the rack with the with the corset barely, on and barely covered with. But the, that's when because uh, when Jared comes back to life, he's like, "I'll do your chamber of horrors because I'm going to. I don't know. I yeah. can't do beauty anymore or something like that. Yeah. Right, right. goods. So he's got to do. He had to give up what he loved the most, which was his children. You know, but even he he's still looking for his Marie Antoinette. That was his his, his ultimate prize. sculpture. And, and she I, was I really destroyed. liked how in that beginning scene, even Which before the fire, be, she was like the centerpiece of the she whole was. Like, outstanding they kept, out in the middle of the room. They made sure yeah. that her arms were at least sticking out. Oh yeah. Like, Which, even between, if they went to one side, her arms were still sticking out. Between two historical figures that you would want to have a female emulate, Marie Antoinette and Joan of Arc. 
Like, uh, which which one do you think would? You know, he well, the, the director chose or the writer being chose the Marie Antoinette to be the idealized beautiful right. Uh, and that right. was in the mystery of the House Museum, so that might or Wax Museum, so that might have even been part of the original story. Yeah, Joan oh, of Arc sure, was known yeah. more as a warrior. Yeah, but was she? And we can't have women powerful. She's supposed to be like necessarily <laughs> beautiful. No, no, not <laughs> not by any account. Yeah, but really, Marie Antoinette was right. Well, but it's Carolyn Jones, who it, yeah, we all know as Morticia Adams, played Kathy, yeah. who is. Blonde. Mark. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And blonde, but you can still tell by those eyes that it is oh, Morticia Adams as soon as you see her. It's yeah. that, that crazy laugh that, oh my God. I would have, I would have melted her in wax with that laugh. Yeah. I would have had there just, uh, I mean, even while we were watching it, like, you know, cause this is set in like 1900 or something. Maybe five or 10 years after. Yeah. And well, when she's like going out to meet her sugar daddy, or I'm sorry, at that point she's going out to meet Jared, who's back from the dead posing. Yeah. You don't know yeah. she's going, cause well, her, we, her man obviously died. Jared killed him. We didn't Yeah. I don't think Jared could have pulled off the sophisticated look you know because they said he was sophisticated looking with gray hair yeah. Jared's hands are all mangled at this uh, point but he can yeah. walk they don't know it's Jared so they don't know they well, can he could probably put a look like you know, I mean yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got a wax face he yeah. could look like I was What's wrong with your hands? Nothing, nothing. I was amazed that, like, <laughs> at the speaking oh, he was of Carolyn uh, Jones, like she, her get up in this, like that's just amazing. You know, it's like you know that the women are wearing corsets and all. Oh, that's stuff. that's whole part like, of the yeah. bondage thing. Yeah. Is it yeah. was there was like four. She had like four layers, I think, like on her. And, and we have to watch her dress. Yeah, and get sewn into her going out gear, and then there's gloves at the end of it. So there's like. The only skin showing is like from. But the fact that in the you movie know, the, the you watched the woman get dressed, dude, right? It was that's reversed. what I'm talking about. Very oh, liberal yeah, yeah, movie. Well, but <laughs> it's but at that time, things. that was when they had the camera clubs. All the guys would go around. You had Betty Page, Tempest Storm, oh, yeah. all them out there at the camera clubs, and you would go. They would Bubba, dress Bubba. up in this type of outfit. <laughs> or the other thing, yeah. And the other thing is now, and I had mentioned to you during the show that. Uh, uh, Vampira was actually dressed up as Morticia Adams. She went to right. this ball in Hollywood, and that's where she was discovered. And you notice in the movie, she's cinching in her waist. Well, Vampira has the record for the smallest waist ever. Right. And if you actually see the old pictures of her, it's almost disgustingly so. She looked like she could break in half. But all of this was inspired from I, I, part of it from yeah. this movie, yeah. and definitely Carolyn Jones and the way she portrayed herself well, as, as Morticia Adams. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that that was also part of that. I mean, that was like maybe the, part of the casting the, too. The uh, mm-hmm. see, I don't want to say Protestant, but it was definitely like a moral. It was almost it's like the burqa of the Christian world, right? You have to put on all these layers before you go yeah. out to meet. Your, but maybe those well, I mean, things. Did, but hold on, put on the layers to cover the sexuality. Like, it, it, but let's yeah, make like, you sexier by putting the corset. Maybe they just didn't have a metal wire and a bra back then, so you had to put on two extra things. Like, <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, but we established this is what around 1900 from where yeah, we, the, the, we the setting, guess, but it's made setting, in 53. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying, all we saw was a watch that said 1900. Well, but we're talking about a time where just shortly before that, the tablecloth was invented to hide the legs on the tables as not to excite a man. From saying that's where the tablecloth came from was to cover the legs of the table. Well, I can understand. I've never been excited by wood. <laughs> Me either. No, you're right? supposed to. No, it's by seeing her knees or whatever. Like that's what it was. Oh but, yeah. God. Well, it does. Her ankles. Okay, below so the I table. guess that we need to talk about the sexual politics of this movie, which is it is interesting. Oh, it's fucking loose. It's so crazy. you see a woman getting <laughs> well, dressed. It, it's Warner Brothers yeah. at its best. It's it's fetished. It's it's aimed at you well, okay, know the, re- the, the 15 year old adolescent, well, which on, they the, still do. The reason the reason I bring this up is I actually been watching a lot of documentaries just talking about how 
how, I mean, just the invention of cinema has created a more liberal society. And it's one of those things like, like, okay, yeah, I guess you could say, well, that's good, but is it really? Because now we suffer from all this teen pregnancy. So has it been good? This gradual, yeah, okay, this, we're seeing her just get dressed in a corset or whatever. But fucking fast forward to 80 years later, we see like, Jesus Christ, lady, I don't need to see your asshole, you know? (laughs) It's like, dude, I mean, but just those each little, each little step has gotten us to a more degraded cinema. It's desensitizing. It's desensitizing, yeah. Well, what I think is kind of disgusting is the, isn't necessarily the sexual expression, it's the fact that we couple that sexual expression with female empowerment and there has to be a lot uh, i think we need to foster saying, female yeah. empowerment outside yeah. of sexual oh, okay. exactly. it should, it should be able sure. to be captured with their mind not just exactly. their body exactly. Wait, but exactly. it's interesting because well, in this it's the reverse it's, it's the sex is is physical violence the threat of physical violence is it well yeah well the girl who we but see she getting stole, undressed dies but she stole 20 she yeah. she helped well i mean even though she didn't necessarily help but just the idea that well, I mean, obviously this guy had to have seen her, well, right? I mean, I, Jared had to have seen her. Yeah, so he's just so. like, she's my perfect, you know, Joan yeah. of Arc. That's what I always thought. That's why he so killed her. I don't think he, yeah, that she not, was in on it. She yeah. was too stupid to be in on it. Right, yeah. He she didn't, she didn't walk away with the money. Yeah, she didn't walk away. Yeah, I mean, she, she wanted just, the money I mean, from, her, up on the from her dead fiancé. He's telling her about the money. Right. But it's not like he said, hey, not like she's... So let's just say, I don't think she's being punished for No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's like it. the, you know, we're, you know, if the point was that in today you're coupling sexual empowerment with female empowerment, we're here... It's the at the end of the movie. There's a naked girl strapped down on a table as a the bad guy is about to. So she's yeah, pour hot wax on her, her, you know, to his uh, whatever uh, overtures of trying to <laughs> pour hot wax and freeze oh. her in time. Well, because we don't actually see this, yeah, you know, I mean, it's 1953, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, and solidify her and petrify her yeah. in time in that in that perfect beauty, yeah. if you will. So, the, her. so yeah. the other scene is when they open the the house of wax and there's these three ladies. That for some fucking reason we follow these three like, like these three the ladies Victorian like, they're, I call them they're the, the Victorian commentators virgins. they're like a yeah. they're like a character just on the opening you yeah, know, like, yeah, you yeah. Know. they're <laughs> the ones who take us through the house of what or like what a woman is supposed to feel like in a chamber of horrors like mm-hmm. they're supposed to like faint at every like mention of like murder <laughs> <laughs> but, but notice those, those are also the three ladies outside of the chamber of horror when they see the house of wax swaying their hips going oh maybe I could do that exactly, to attract exactly. attention There's of the guy yeah there was a uh, there was like a wax uh, like Matahari. dancer Matahari. Yeah. yeah and yeah and a woman's like I could do that and they're like don't do that out here don't do that it's like god damn this movie's just trying to turn women into whore this is like <laughs> this is 19 <laughs> what year is this 53? 53 this is like the 1953 why do I feel like uh, I'm watching Tommy Boy I'm just, that's when yeah. the hookers come and lay the trick money down <laughs> it's like the Britney Spears how Britney Spears is yeah. supposed to turn your daughter into a whore just for well Madonna Mark, couldn't Mark yeah, but, and it's capitalism could be, but see here's that's the other thing it's is. like in 1953 I think they were um, a more modern society than the, the no way, sir. The wait, the, then the uh, time period that they're portraying. So they had fifty years of progression, I guess, right? But not on so TV. They're able damn to, it. So they're able to like put this in the movie, like they're making a comment, like look at how you know how they were back then, and look where we are now. We've got Jane Russell and her giant boobs, and you know all this. And other they stuff were magnificent. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess I could see that <laughs> yeah, point. So but I think well, the point is to that, put this on the screen. Wasn't wasn't the director like, this married or this to Autumn like, Lake or something like that? I think was he? I think he was married to one of the one of the. 
Hollywood scarlets at the really? time. I would you know, too. Yeah, well, more power <laughs> to them, I guess. Um, but yeah, there, there was definitely was there was a lot of bondage fetishy. You know, I mean, as there should be. I mean, it's a horror movie. I mean, that's what I appreciate about the girl getting dressed. It's like, is this the first like well, girl but- getting dressed in the horror movie? Because I mean, that's I my favorite part of uh, I think it's Night of the Demons. This girl gets home from school, takes a sweater off, changes yep. the sweater. It's like, thank you. <laughs> it's like that's all I need is for you that's, to get you out knew, of your school. You knew clothes. why I bought this ticket. <laughs> that's yeah. Why. yeah. Well, you gotta get out of the school well, clothes. We, we, we talked other times about right? Yeah, right? Yeah. trying to cater to. You're definitely catering yeah. to. The, the bondage thing came through even at that time. Well, slightly before this time, Wonder Woman was heavy oh, sure. in bondage in her early years. Yeah. You know, she was always being tied up, the magic lasso, all that. And then find out years later, uh, William William Michael Marsden is his name, the inventor of the, the uh, light, light detector. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He is also the creator of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And come to find out later on, huge bondage fetish. You know, and that showed through through everything else. But that's know? what I'm saying. But look at an what interesting you, lens. Yeah, Damon, I don't want to talk too much about one of them. Well, there is a tie-in. That's a whole female empowerment and sexuality. There is a tie-in. The reason I t- brought it up is that Carolyn Jones, Morticia Adams, did play Queen Hippolyta on the uh, Wonder Woman TV Thank series. Thank you. Because yeah. I was like, oh, oh speaking of superheroes, we're going to we're gonna have to pause this so we can talk about Wonder Woman for about <laughs> speaking of, a little aside. <laughs> speaking of superheroes, um, the uh, Vincent Price played Eggman on the Batman Egg, series. Yeah, Egghead. 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 I'm sorry, Egghead. Well, everybody Batman went series. through Batman. Well, Carolyn Jones was uh, was one of them. Marsha yeah. Queen of Diamonds. Crazy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody was. was well, and if you look through, he also played in the Brady Bunch. He was yeah. Doctor Whitehead in the Hawaiian episode, Who and then the Vincent Price. Vincent Price, oh, yeah, on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the uh, gentleman who played uh, where would he go? Uh, Frank, uh, the detective, the sergeant. I'm trying to remember his name here. Hold on a second. That's it. Dabs Greer, Sergeant Jim Shane. He oh, was the uh, pastor that married the Bradys in the first episode of the Brady Bunch. Uh, so all of, I mean, as you're, I was looking it up today. All these actors went through all any TV show from the '60s to the '70s. Well, they that was were all one, in. That was one nice thing about the studio system. You were kind of guaranteed work once you were in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They just like if you were willing yeah. to go ahead and fight in fire until those United <laughs> Artists complain. came around and ruined right. it all. <laughs> well, but I mean, you know, and we talked about Vincent Price, and he did. You know, I always remembered him as the voice of the Invisible Man at the end of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah, you know the fly, uh, last well, man on earth. But- yeah, well, he did like the the cycle. Well, Vincent Price. It was interesting because he did like these big studio movies, and he did like a kind of a knockoff of this even in 3D as the Mad Magician. Mm-hmm. But then he also did. Uh, you know, he would step down and do like all these kind of when when uh, movies became more uh, decentralized, popularized, whatever. Uh, filmmakers were able to make stuff cheap for drive-ins and stuff like that. He did like the Tingler and stuff oh, yeah. like that for AIP. Yeah, for, yeah. And that was uh, really Frank cool... Castle stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, William Castle. And William the, Castle. Yeah, yeah, where he rigged up the the buzzers and yeah. all the yeah. seats. And he had the skeleton yeah. for House of yeah. House on Haunted Hill. The skeleton that came down. Yeah. Well, and Vincent Price to me, one of my childhood memories of him, besides the movies, was thriller. Oh, no, besides yeah. that, earlier than that. He introduced on Black Widow for he was the tour guide for Black Widow on Alice Cooper. Remember yeah, that song, yeah, the Black Alice Widow. Cooper. I was going to say yeah. that too. Yeah, he's the and uh, uh, well, he was also Iron Tail in that old the Black uh, Widow, the old uh, 
Peter Cottontail Christmas special. He was Iron Tail, the enemy of the Easter. Bunny. I remember him selling like some kind of. Uh, it was on like an advertisement for what's that stuff you spray in the oh, shower? Clean chef. Yeah. Yes. Vincent yes. Price. I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> His long career <laughs> in yeah. Hollywood. It rids mildew okay. stains. And he so go ahead. Ended up. We can have a whole other podcast on every movie <laughs> he's ever been in. No, I'm just saying. Let's well, talk about not, House of Wax. But it's interesting <laughs> to celebrate this of, guy's no career. I think, and then he ended up in uh, Edward Scissor. I think it was his last. Uh, yeah, it was. So. No, no, he did a voiceover in a cartoon, Detective something. I don't remember it. I didn't write it down. I didn't care about it. But <laughs> last thing I got is he was the narrator on Thriller. But no, I love Vincent Price because, like I said earlier, out of out of that era, it was Karloff, Lagosi, and then Price for me. Those sure. were my three actors in and, that order. Well, sure. Price was one of the few. I think like he was because uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, I think Karloff came over from England, Lagosi from Hungary. I mean, there was uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, but Vincent Price was actually probably more contemporary with them in the fifties and sixties. So he was like the American horror star, right? Right. I mean, I think maybe he was like the I'm the biggest of the American horror stars. Yeah. Was Laurie from America? Who? Peter Laurie? No, he's uh, German. 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 Yeah, so see. Yeah. It's got to yeah. be Price, then. So, I mean, it's just, a, it's fascinating that these guys had, I mean, like, now you don't really have that either, you know, where, like, uh, you know, your name is synonymous with horror. And well, it's not the do, actors, it's the, way, it's the characters like, in the movies now. It's, yeah, but I mean, like, Robert Englund is a guy who, like, always does horror movies, but it's like nobody ever sees any of those, right? I mean, like, Vincent Price was in stuff for, like, the majority of his career was, like, he was the guy you went to if you were making a horror film, you know? It's like, if we can get Vincent Price in it. I mean, even in the 80s, he was still doing stuff. The Monster Club and, uh, was it, not, no, the Screaming Starts or... He did Dead Heat in the 90s with yeah. Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams. Yeah, because so, yeah. he was just that guy. He just had the creepy... <laughs> That's got to be a very 90s movie if it stars Joe Piscopo and Treat yeah, Williams. I've got it. That's about 91, right? It's on Netflix. Check it out. That sounds like 1987, <laughs> actually. It sounds earlier than that if it's with Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams. It might have been. Yeah. yeah. 80, 80, is it late 80s? It's it like 88. I'm going to pick it. Treat but Williams. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, uh, so the movie... Huh? What? Hey. <laughs> Was there, 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 there were definitely some um, some uh, Scooby Doo moments. Oh yeah, the, the Bronson but this predates, with the you know, so Scooby Doo's. Yeah. But I think you can oh, do yeah. that in a. I think you could do that in a wax museum. You could stand still and be. Oh well, like, yeah, especially yeah. Except they, like that guy's not famous at all. Right. Anyway. Well, well but except <laughs> they did explain that Michael Jackson, Justin to, Bieber, he does every face to look like his. Vincent Price even explains that when he's showing the yeah. guy in the electric. Uh, Charles Bronson, Bronson's every, character yeah, does every face yeah, like yeah, his. Yeah, that's for oh. sure. Okay. And then, right. uh, yeah, when, when he's standing in the house of when Bronson's standing in the house of wax and his eyes move, you don't know which head is his. Yeah, I thought it was a clever cool. trick. It's it's a cool. It's, it's fun. It's well shot too. I just yeah. like the way that they set those things up, and you know, you, I mean, you see it from a mile away, but it, it was still fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, we only say that because what we saw, we've seen yeah. so many things since. It's <laughs> sure. Well, but yeah, even but. even the the killer in the movie, which I don't know if we revealed yet or not, but the killer in the movie, he, the look, it just it it inspires sympathy. Even the way he moves, it's creepy, and that's all done without any words. So it's just the way that character comes across. And to me, that's that's a whole different kind of acting that we don't get a lot with a lot of the people nowadays. You know, with their body moves, I think. Who was the last one we were talking about that pulled out? Oh, it was uh, Roddy Piper in They Live. Kind of pulled off a lot of things without verbally, mm-hmm. you know, bringing the lines. Of course, this was done a lot better than in They Live, but. Well, it has a, 
I like the way we were talking too that they have uh, themes for everything that you know it cues kind of what your emotional state is supposed to be. Whenever a character thinks of Joan or Joan of Arc, there's a Joan of Arc, you know, heavenly theme. Yeah. Whenever you see the uh, you know Vincent Price wandering around, there's the you know was the, the theremin or whatever you know. I mean, mm-hmm. so they're cueing like he's scary now, you know, at this point. And, uh, <laughs> I like the there is a reveal, you know, because. Dr. Jared's been back and wandering around and working with these criminals that he picked up or his sculptors now because his hands don't work. And uh, eventually our uh, heroine discovers that, you know, the Joan of Arc is actually her friend who's been coated in wax. She confronts Jared and bashes him in like the face. How they like, and you find out that he's wearing a wax. His whole time, it's supposedly like a moving wax mask. I like how they how they did the what you what, I guess what you would call like the mystery clue. The idea that she had one ear pierced uh-huh. specifically for some certain earring or whatever. Yeah. And like, even though Vincent Price has some story about seeing her uh, her picture in the paper after her murder and like going to the morgue and asking for the photographs. Just now the idea is like, why the fuck would you, why would you sculpture in the ear pierced or whatever? I thought that yeah, was... And did, and did, okay, but did you make sure to, did she even hints at, at the, the sculptor, you know, did you did you see her ears both her ears pierced in the pictures and he's like oh yeah totally well, see, she that knew that only thing. one was pierced that was like first the big of all clue. I, yeah. I had a little problem with it because how did the wax not cover that you know how did that yeah, still show still through thin. yeah it's a very thin layer yeah it's still in yes how, do you, how does the guy have suspension a of disbelief wax, you know? well I, I just that and and again like you said where she brought up that oh both of her ears were pierced and he's like oh yeah absolutely he would have gotten on me for missing something like that. Yeah, I that's, thought she was going to do something with it, and criminal. she really didn't do anything with it. Well, well because she, she well, she, she's just a woman. Yeah. Yeah. All she, she did can do police, is go but, to the police but, but the and tell said, her, oh, you're tell her crazy, like, that skirt, you know, that skirt's crazy, uh, crazy ideas. Hey, you know, just you're just the previous opinion brought to you, the previous opinion brought to you by the year 1953, that's what I was just going to say. Oh, man. It's coming back. <laughs> well, this movie was... Uh, so it's a remake of Mystery of the Wax Museum. Which I actually said. prefer. It is, it's an interesting movie. That movie was shot in two-strip Technicolor. We were watching a little bit of it uh, here tonight because it's on the on the same disc. And it looks... It's a really weird look to see a movie yeah, without... I like that look. <laughs> it's yeah, like a weird. colored movie to it me. Like, like uh, somebody uh, colored it in afterwards. Yeah, I yeah, like that. Like, it's almost uh, like a Sky, Sky Captain, Captain look. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so it was remade later, obviously, as House of Wax with uh, Paris Hilton. Yeah, I saw it. Felicia uh, Kilt- yeah, I never no, bought one. The whole yeah. town was wax. Really big. Which was, yeah, which the was house awesome. actually was yeah. made of wax. The, the sun wouldn't was, right? do anything. The whole town to was wax. Except for the wax features. Yeah, everything was wax. Everything was wax. wax. The whole town was, was wax. Was this in like Anchorage? Was no, no, dude. It was everything. like a fucking, remember that Swamp Thing episode, uh, issue where everything is, is fake, like a robot? Yeah. That's what House yeah. of Wax, the, the 2005, what was it? Yeah. Was yeah. 2005? I just remember the house itself. Well, besides, like besides the wax town... The only other reason to watch that movie was to watch Paris Hilton get killed. That was the only reason I watched. There was I remember they made did they explain that, that at all? Well, that I didn't see that. that. I don't their know. Advertising Were they, was this some place Paris really cold? Died. Yeah. Yeah, how it sustains. Like, yeah, because the, the sun, sun would never actually yeah. melts. I don't know. Maybe at the end of it, it catches spray. on fire. There's a guy named Vincent, I think, is the guy. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, relevant. just needed an ending. Like, it's all wax. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know how in the originals, the he was wax? And, yeah. It was Earth all along. Fucking town is wax. The yeah. world's wax. We pulled that switcheroo on you. 
Yeah. Well, then didn't he? He also okay. had the brother too, didn't he? That was the actual sculptor. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. even know. That was Vincent. Vincent was Vincent a sculptor. Was a sculptor. Wore a wax yeah. mask, I think, because he was disfigured under that. I really did twins. Once, well, it's like, once well, Hilton was dead, just, I was kind of tuned out. Uh, you know, they they turned it into. I thought the new House of Wax was like a almost a remake of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, right, or something. I mean, that's kind of the vibe that they were going for because that was. In the zeitgeist at the time, the hostels, the torture porn, and the remake of Texas Chainsaw. But it's like, you know, oh, they're remaking House of Wax. And then you see it, and it's like, no, oh, it's a literal House well, of yeah, Wax. But I'd actually, right, yeah, right. but I'd have to say, you know why I think they did that? Because the one failing I think this movie has is they're trying to get you onto the idea that just this one, uh, just this one helper of his is the actual disfigured man doing it. That's why I don't buy this movie. Oh, is it like, there's no fucking mystery of this movie. You know Vincent Price didn't die in the fire, so you know he's the disfigured killer but going around. But how can he be the disfigured He's in a wheelchair, and his hands are ugly. Yeah, but <laughs> the other guy is burned in And face. he has hair. He's not. He's clearly not ugly. <laughs> but neither is the fucking other guy. The other guy's clearly not ugly, <laughs> you know, but they're still like, well, he's a drunk, and he was in C, painted a beautiful picture in Sing Sing, and so they're really trying to pass off that, well, it could just be this guy working for Vincent Price that's actually the guy uh, right, killing. Yeah, the, but yeah. I don't know. They, that whole fucking, that story well, yeah, doesn't that, that, so They, they kind of jumped the shark a little burned? there. Yeah. Well, and that how moment. Do they do that in the, oh, uh, I need a drink. I'll tell you everything. Give me alcohol. Well, I'll thing. tell you everything. Yeah, yeah, there was no like, Omerta in that guy. They gave it right up. Just let him not drink for four hours. He's like, God, just... I don't know how they did it in Mystery of the Wax Museum. I don't yeah. know if they still framed that. Well, obviously they did still, because we was, saw yeah, him in the scene. Yeah. I mean, so that's how they're trying, they're trying to go. They're trying to. It's almost as if the story is supposed to be, or I, maybe if we read the short story, it's it almost as if Jared hired a guy to be the patsy. Like, oh, this guy's got a criminal history and is murdered. That seems more like the way that Mystery of the Wax Museum played it, that the disfigured man was somebody else. Like, there was more of a deal made about Yeah, that. like Jared, yeah, he survived the fire, like, he's disfigured, he hires like these the, the criminal guys. The version of this story that has more details to it, right? It's <laughs> right. like, well, this is the, this the actual is the, short like, story, right? I don't. Was there a short story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is based off a of short. Well, everything was right. I mean, come on. Yeah. What fucking famous horror movie? Original famous horror movie is not based on a short story. The Fly, House of Wax, fucking creature. Well, not creature, but uh, Pit, Pit and well, the Pendulum does credit a story at the beginning of this. But I thought yeah. that was crediting the uh, the mystery of the House. Oh of Wax. shit! Actually, now that you said that, I should look at that. Maybe yeah. you're right. Or mystery of the Wax. I thought it was crediting an original sh- story, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's crediting the original screenplay. Yeah, I, I think one thing that uh, makes this film work is the fact that ironically the director had one eye and couldn't perceive 3d yeah i I think that actually worked to this director's advantage because he was actually a pretty good storyteller you know he 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 does a good job making sure that you're not too bored on one shot which i've seen films in the 1950s you're like dude get off this shot he moves the camera well he composes well the shadows are nice um there's a little bit of noir going on um so but even for like 3D, like he, you yeah. know, that he would move from. I mean, there's a couple shots at the beginning where, you know, he moves from a, a deep shot where the characters in the background they walk right up to the camera, you know, maintaining that level of focus and all that in 3D, and then like there's a new shot, you know, or the way that he shoots off angles. So like instead of looking at people straight on, like the railing yeah, in a lot of scenes like, is really you know, nice. So you have that little, you know, well there, there's times angling in, away from the camera in the in the shots in the movie. There's times it almost goes from to where you could be in Ripper, you know, Jack the Ripper's London to yeah. you know, modern day with the lighting, or not and modern the fog. day, but yeah. at that time, modern, you know, New York City because they do. 
they do have the dress is a little off, like you pointed out. Yeah, you know, some, sometimes the suits look a little too, little too modern. Turn of the century. The women are all dressed about appropriate. Yeah, yeah the guys. But the men, they take the suits are a little off. But mm. but yeah, there's times where it does look like foggy old London. You know. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I thought that, that played with the I, Yeah, I dig that stuff. Yeah. I, I eat that. Up, so yeah. that's probably part of yeah, why and, I like this movie so much. There was definitely the gimmicky thing with the paddle ball. The guy out front, you yeah. know, but I think overall the, the pacing and the storytelling was solid. It wasn't just we're going to throw people, throw right. things at the screen and yeah. hope they like it. I mean, as a remake, it, t- it distills all the stuff that works the best, I think, in the original movie and just kind of compresses it. And so it's like, here's the, the great. It's like a simplified, you know, version of Mystery of the But just as long. I just think. Is it? I, I, I like I like Mystery Wax Museum better. Because this, There's to me, nothing characters. happens in this. He's just like, I'm a girl. I know that's my roommate. Ah, yeah, silly broad. Well, they do spend a lot Let of time. Let me go here like, and like, ah, that's all they. All of this is is a bunch of men telling a woman, we don't believe your story. The whole movie is you well, crazy. See, I was going to say the whole There's movie is, it's a bunch of guys like walking through a wax museum, being like, here's this. Yeah, moment yeah. Here's in the historical. And here's this moment in history. Yeah. Here's this moment, in, and like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, you have these Fucking things. Movie well out of it. Exploit them. <laughs> yeah. Well, but they do that. At least on two occasions, you get like a big walking. What is the greatest of, love of all? But da, 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 da. Yeah. it's like well, but I did I did find the first walkthrough when he was explaining to the potential investor how he made this each one of the figures, how you had to inlay each piece of hair yeah. individually, punch that in with a scalpel. Yeah, uh, kind of stuff like that is, is interesting. Yeah. yeah, if you don't know, you know, it's like the first version of how it's made. You go to the fucking Hollywood movies and you're like, oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, did you know? But this movie was also supposed to be remade in Italy as a collaboration between Lucio Fulci and Dario Argento. It would have been horrible. No, and it was going to be called Wax Mask. Really? And it was remade as Wax Mask, but Lucio Fulci hmm. didn't do it. I think it was uh, Luigi Cosi. I'm way off. But Dario Argento did it? He was supposed to produce it. I don't know if he produced Wax Mask. Okay, so none I of those guys seen, are... No, they didn't actually... They weren't connected with it. I don't think... It might be good. <laughs> this the, might the work out. If you're going to remake it... Now you change your vote. No, break, I like... Because yeah. I, I like the... Like I like movies. or something? Those two are fucking, like, uh, classic Italian horror directors. For a few movies. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to remake it, you got to make it in London. That's you a slightly make it in ringing endorsement. That's I the know, most famous Wax Museum in the world. Yeah. I say the and same thing about probably most horror directors. The plug. Most horror directors have yeah, they two or three in them. Yeah. Well, I think uh, what Chris was saying that they, if you remake this movie, you should do it in London at Madame Tussauds. That's the only you place. Can still get like you know foggy London streets or something. You know, like I don't think Wax has been there. Well, because I mean, I saw he goes to Wax. You know, it's like when's the and they're, and they're, they're all, all creepy. If you've ever been to one, they're movie. all creepy. They are. I saw this movie and then Kiss Meets the Phantom. That's the next time I saw any kind of wax figure in a movie because they did the, you know, the the figures of Kiss and Wax. And then I actually went to a wax museum in Florida and yeah, they are creepy. Oh yeah. So the only thing creepier is when they show like the inside of the bodies at those museums. <laughs> like what they showed in the Casino Royale, the like the, the the museum exhibit where they showed like the internal workings of people. You guys remember huh. that? those are that's just disgusting. In what, in oh, what? in the when, new they, when they put them in like in uh, like plastic, and they can show like the internal they do structure that. of the muscle. No, what they do is they inject. They, have disgusting. you seen that nowadays? I've seen. They remove the skin. Worlds. Yeah, body yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, it's that's like a, that, that should be the remake. It's like a, that should, that be, should be the remake. That is. kills people. Uh, in injection. Copyright. Copyright. Two thousand fourteen. Saturday Night. Oh my god. 
Yeah, House of Veins or so shit. Yeah, it's like yeah. a weird, uh, it's like a weird, like a gelatin they put inside that solidifies yeah. all through the veins yeah. and all the muscles. That would be a much worse death, I, I would think. Those? I oh, they do that. They do in like a living person. They do. Yeah, yeah, oh, is that are, the ones that are in, hold on, is museums that the ones that are in uh, House on Haunted Hill? Is that those things? I don't no, know. No, I mean, down so in the those are like cross sections of people. Okay. These are like real museums. Have you seen Christina Royale? No. No. Oh. You didn't Sorry. see the new casino. It's like they it's inject like something bond. into the really? into the veins no. of well, people. Then you should watch those. So your veins solidify, right? And then they dissolve the flesh, the muscle, and the bone away. Oh, all that's so left. So the only thing like, that's left are these. You should Google that shit. Yeah, it's, it's fucking really crazy. Creepy. So you're, you're standing there just looking at somebody's like nervous system. It's really it's like, fucking nuts. Oh yeah, and they, and then they do that too. They'll be like, "Well, here's the entire body. Here's the entire body. Yeah. minus the muscles. Here's the entire body. Minus just like yeah, and it's like right, it's right. fucked up anatomy. You know, they and it was." Way cool. It, it, it's it's, way, it's cool. way cool, but I don't think I could go in person. I'll look at pictures, but like if I saw in person, America I'd be like, oh, my God. Was there and went through these. They're very creepy. Body. But they always keep the glass eyeballs, which really make it freaky. So they're <laughs> looking at you like, I'm only veins. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so should we wrap it up? Final <laughs> yeah, review? Probably. Well, so Travis, hold we'll on. Before our final review, I guess let's at least talk about the reveal at the end of right. her hitting the mask off. Of Vincent Price, because we didn't talk did about that. We talked about it. We did talk about this movie. Fake, yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, well, so yeah, I like, uh, yeah, we went a little all over. But, uh, fuck it, I guess I'll just put yeah, it in my... I'll in put it in my... Uh, his, uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, I guess the, all I was going to say is I liked it better. <laughs> so anyway... Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I've never liked this movie. I what? like Mystery the House, because I, I, I just don't. There's no... I get it. I get it, right? I get what is cool about this movie. I get the idea that, like, I can't make beautiful things, so now I will take bodies, blah, blah, blah. But there's, like, no mystery to it. You're like, ah, oh, that's the guy. You know, and there's, I don't know, there's just something to it that I, uh, I don't know. It's I, not called Mystery of the Housewife. Yeah, I know. I wish there was a mystery. Because <laughs> there tries to be a mystery, but it's not. That's the pro- fucking problem. You can't have a mystery, but then really not follow through with a mystery. And this does, this tries to have the mystery of like, it looks exactly like my friend. It, you know, this guy has been insane, but it just, it just doesn't follow through with the mysteries. It's because you fucking already know, like, that's the well, guy in the wheelchair, you know. He are, are we up. really, is it really a mystery, though? Or is it more just a thriller? It, well, yeah, it, 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 I think we all kind of know. I think you would you read this as a mystery. Audience, the, the audience knows what the characters don't, and that is the horror of the No, that's why when he thr- stands up, it's supposed to be like, ugh. Yeah, but the, because it's supposed to be a mystery. The they're, they're, audience they're already knew that. They, they, they don't. Well, because because uh, it's an old movie, right? They already know. Like, it's not that guy. That yeah. guy's got a wax head on. You know, yeah. well, maybe it's because it's Vincent Price, and we kind of know. Well, but if but, but if this was his first horror, yeah, maybe thing, they might maybe. have not expected. Like, sure. he's a nice man. I hear him on the radio. <laughs> he's a sympathetic character. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he can very he, very fucking sympathetic. So. uh... Yeah, I don't know. I just, never, I mean, it was awesome seeing it in 3D. Once again, just because, like, yeah, they did just did some, they had 3D in mind in a better place back then. You know, they just weren't going to be like, hey, fucking make a buck. I mean, I'm sure they were. But, uh, it's Warner they, Brothers, yes. But I'm sure they had, uh, I'm sure it was such a new technology, they could have just cheaped their way through it real quickly, right? They had to be like, fuck, if we're going to make it in 3D, we got to make it in 3D. We can't just, like, doop, 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 and collect the paycheck, right? We got to make it in 3D. So it was nice seeing it in 3D. Uh, uh, like I said, I I, I prefer even the uh, when uh, Faye Ray uh, hits the mask off uh, the villain 
in the original Mystery of the Wax Museum, to me, it's a little bit more action-packed. It's a little bit more like, oh, my God. Because it's like, back in the 50s, it's like, all right, they made, like, a wax sculpture to put over his head. But, like, in the 30s, I'm like, they can't do that. This is 1930-something, you know? It's not going to look that great. And you're like, oh, my God, they look good. So I maybe just... Did you see Mystery first? No. Okay. No, I I originally saw this on the DVD when they packaged this and... So they've already always done Mystery of the House of Wax... Mystery of the Wax Museum. Mystery, yeah, Mystery of the Wax Museum. Mystery, Mystery of the Wax Museum with House of Wax. So as soon as I saw this one, I was like, oh, I'll watch Mystery. It's got Faye Ray's, and I just thought it was Star of King Kong. Star of King Kong. Lionel Atwell, star of every Frankenstein movie. Yeah. And I just thought, like, I just thought the original is a little bit more. Just the dialogue's more. It's Ash and Peg. They're like, "Hey, what's going on in the news today?" Ah, oh, nothing. His girl Friday. It is right like there. a His Girl Friday, yeah. and, and I think that like makes up for because I mean, the, okay, two people die in this whole movie. I mean, that was a murder. That was a horror movie in the 1950s. Like, there was a murder. <gasps> what a horror! You know, it was a horror movie. Just having one murder in the first five minutes of the movie, and that was the horror movie. The rest of it is like. We have to snoop around. Let's hope he don't catch us. <laughs> I mean, that was the horrors. Let's not get caught by the killer as we snoop around trying to catch the killer. It was Scooby-Doo. That was, was the original say, horror. I was just getting ready to say, I got away with it once with them dang kids. Fuck, hey, that's the way every horror... Well, no, it's usually the cops like, get him, you know. But, but yeah, just the idea that... I mean, of course, old horror movies are a little slower paced just for that reason. It is supposed to be like, oh, such a fucking traumatic like experience watching somebody murder somebody on the screen. You know? but, oh, that's horrible. Until Alfred Hitchcock did, uh, what was that movie that he did? It, uh, it was like Topaz or Torn Curtain, where he like actually showed... Like, how long it takes... Oh, that was the intention of a scene where somebody's, like, strangling somebody. Oh, yeah. Like, how long it actually takes to strangle a person, and it just goes on and on. You're like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) So, I actually, uh... Shit. Yay or nay? I mean, I guess I'll say yay, just because it is. I will. Come for the 3D, stay for the movie? It's one of those... Yeah, yeah. Come for the 3D, stay for the movie. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, just because it is Vincent Price, you can't go wrong with his performance, and and everybody else could have worked a little bit better. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, everybody else except for that one detective, the the one that made the ah chew joke. I thought that guy was awesome. He just had a look that he's like, I don't believe this skirt. Nah, not a word. Like he just had that look on his face, like that guy does not believe her. I believe that actor. He's a good guy. <laughs> So uh, so yeah, I I will recommend it, even though I'm I'm fucking bagging on it. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, very entertaining. If for nothing else, the the first thirty minutes or so I think are pretty awesome. That first fire, the, 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 which is happens in the first ten fifteen minutes, that fire sequence, yeah. the fight in the fire in three D, watching the flames. You can tell that it's not uh, you know a composite sort of. That was of like a rule fire. of horror movies back then, right? Um, Fighting amongst fire. Well, and, and seeing it's just it in like, 3D, that's dangerous. You yeah. know, it was really impressive. Um, and looking at the sculptures in 3D, I thought were really cool. And mm-hmm. and the fog in 3D, like you could see how really wax awesome. would be a wax statue is creepy in 3D because yeah, you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, and I don't, I didn't buy the mystery for a second because we all, right, in yeah. hindsight, kind of know who it probably is. But uh, I mean, just for that alone, that's a very impressive 3D technology, even in today's standards. It looked mm-hmm. like pretty impressive, real. Yeah, you know, it didn't really get campy until they started throwing 
things at the screen, like, <laughs> yeah. like the paddle ball guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the paddle ball guy, which shows about halfway in the film. Um, that was fantastic. That, yeah. How close did that come to you? Yeah. Like just on a TV <laughs> monitor. Like, imagine, like, back in the 50s when you were, like, you know, very small compared to that screen. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then you then, then it's the gimmick again. But I mean, before then, you're like, wow, this is really impressive. And, and if you are, like I am, a diehard Indiana Jones fan, you uh, can totally see where, where Spielberg got that that closing scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it is the opening <laughs> right. scene of either this or Mystery of the the Wax Museum. I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen that one. That but burns the melts, melting wax, uh, your bodies burning in wax definitely is, is Ark of the Covenant opening all the way. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say at least the first half hour, if not the rest anyway. All right. Uh, I love this movie as a kid, you know, and that's the thing. I, I'm trying to judge it. As when I first saw it, not as the jaded, we've seen everybody cut to pieces with every kind of implement now. Yeah. But back then, as a kid watching that creature feature or that, you know, or the monster matinee and seeing this movie, it's like, oh, this is awesome. And, and it brought such an effect. And I had never seen it in 3D until now. So that brought a lot more depth to the movie and a lot of really cool scenes. Literally. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I do, I do love Vincent Price. Uh, you know, I've, I've not everything he does. There's the uh, Madhouse is a fucking wretched movie. Yeah, what was the other one? That one where he's the hairdresser. Uh, oh, I can't remember. It's House of Blood or something. It's, yeah, it's a hair of blood. Not theater of blood, where he's a Shakespearean actor and he yeah, kills all. But of his at one critics. point, he does the butch. And he's got like the afro uh, hair. Yeah. And there was the abominable Dr. Fibes. Yeah. Dr. Fibes rises. And there's a second, there's a sequel to that yeah, one. Yeah. Dr. Fibes rises again. Rises yeah. again. Yeah. I think but it's I mean, rides again, isn't it? Rides again? I think it rises. Rises? I think it's rides. Anyway. But, but to me, <laughs> to me, Vincent Price has always been, I mean, I, I, like I said, I do, it's Karloff, Lugosi, and then Price for me, but Price always had that depth of character. His emotions, you could feel for this character, no matter who he was in this movie or any of his other movies. There, there was a, a way, you know, he could, you would either feel very creeped out by him or very sympathetic towards him. Mm-hmm. And I think and in this movie, both he did, at the same time, exactly. And yeah. this movie is 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 how he brought that together because here's an artist who lives and dies. These are his children. So then I look at it from that standpoint as a father. Somebody took my children away from me. You know, and I, I couldn't protect them. So now I'm destroyed. I can't even recreate. I can't bring them back. There's nothing I can do. I'm trapped in this this broken body. So now all, all, eventually madness creeps into it. I think he was a little mad to begin with. Well, yeah, like we talked instead about, of having ta- real, a real family. He has, he <laughs> he has his people, art, yes. you yeah. know, and, and, and I think he was willing to die for his art. He, he tried to save it what little he could, you know, and then in the end he wound up in this broken body. Uh, Bronson's character in this movie. Which kind of goes back to Burton's Batman in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because the Joker is an art fiend, if yeah. I remember and in the first, in, in Burton's Batman. Yeah. Right. I'm so, the world's first homicidal artist. And, and he falls in the pit just like the Joker does. And, and like I said, some yeah. of these characters, it, it, there's points where Carolyn Jones, who I love, she's, she's near and dear to my heart. She's my favorite creepy girl. She was way before Elvira, but in this movie, she's just such a ditz. But that's what she's supposed to bring out, and she sure. plays it just to where she's infuriatingly so. So I, I, I love the performances. The movie in 3D is definitely, if you have a chance to watch it in 3D, go out and do it. If you love the movie before, it, it adds a depth to it. Again, no pun intended, <laughs> that, that you hadn't seen before. And if you haven't seen it, 
go out and watch it. But but don't go in thinking like the modern horror fan because, like Travis said, there's two murders yeah. and they're over pretty quickly into the movie. Yeah, only one of which you see. I mean, the right. other one, right. I mean, she's already one, dead in a bed. One, yeah, she's just, yeah, you don't she's, even see her get murdered. Yeah. So, and again, but they said she was, didn't they say she was drugged? Yeah. They think yeah. so. Before so, she was strangled. Which was the same yeah. drug that he wanted to give yeah. the other girl at yeah. the end because he didn't want the horror on her face right. when he yeah. waxed her because it would show through and he can't change that. Which anymore. that's a creepy idea. It is a creepy back idea. Back the 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 but to me, that, that again, what we were talking about earlier. We don't want a real expression of a girl. Owns them. They belong to him. They are now his to hold forever. Yeah. Which is and, it. Yeah, it goes back to the sexual politics. It's a great movie. I love this. Since I was a kid, I still love it, so I still highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love this movie. I mean, unabashedly. I think, you know, more so than... I think it is a, a horror classic. I mean, I think it's one of the, like, you know, the the things that you have to... The signposts in the road along, you know, the uh, the road of horror is this movie for a couple of reasons. I mean, because it established Vincent Price... I don't know if we talked about like his Edgar Allan Poe cycle that he did with uh, Roger Corman. Yeah, and he did that. We haven't talked about it. Follow but yeah. the House of Usher and The Raven Tales and Mask of Red Death. Yeah, Heart. I mean those are all like you know, and Pit and the Pendulum. I mean, like really good movies from the sixties. <clears throat> I mean, had a this guy had a fantastic career. Didn't really fall out of like favor. I don't think with Hollywood really. I mean, he was still. Well, he did actually. He was blacklisted because he was a. I don't know if he was, was he a commie. I, well, no, I don't that's know what happened to a lot. Of well, them. I don't know if he was, but I was think that, he was a commie. So that's I don't prior think he to was, this thing. Yeah, that's why I think he had to do horror. Oh, because that's what happens in your career when yeah. you get blacklist, blacklisted. It's like, well, fuck. Now, well, well it worked uh, out for him. Like, then, okay, well, you're clear. And good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it did work out. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe. What if he was one of those George Reeve guys that hated being the fucking man in the monkey suit? What if he hated being the horror guy? What if he really wanted to be a a really well, he great to be a actor? He you wanted know? to be a painter. He wanted to be a painter. Yeah, like, well, what the yeah. fuck? Because that was, don't bitch. that was his actual thing. Like I, I've heard interviews with his daughter. Is it Patricia? Yeah, Patricia his daughter wrote a book. Yeah, she was interviewed on some show that I mm-hmm. listened to at one point. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> talking about like you know her life with her dad. But I mean, like there's you know this guy. Uh, this is probably my favorite movie that he is in. <laughs> I just I, I mean I love the character I, because it's bold got that statement. Split, Let's see how it works out for you. That split personality, you know, where he is both the uh, you know sympathetic quasi protagonist and the disfigured you know like uh, a yeah. serial killer the jack the ripper but he was pushed to that point you know well yeah no i get he, that i get he that. is very That's sympathetic I, at the beginning yeah well even toward the end i mean they're trying to play that up it's like look you know it's like you know you're it's not that he's justified in what he's doing right sure. because he's crazy he's and crazy. he's killing people but it's like you can kind of like side with it. it's like well you know yeah this guy, he's been screwed by life, and now he's getting back at, you know. You know why I think this movie is so important, or why it was so important in horror? It's just because it's, it the, op- it's the opposite uh, of the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera, there's obviously a man wearing a mask that you rip it off, and oh my god, it's a grotesque man, where this is a normal-looking man that you get to take the mask <laughs> off, and right. grotesque. he's grotesque. Ooh, right right there, it's like, yeah. holy fuck, he totally changed the game, man. Horror will never be the same. He flipped it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's it's important also because it was the, the of the 3D, the technical aspect. Well, yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I think that's why it's... Well, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, even the, the mystery, the way it's seen. Just the idea of why this story, like... Oh, it's yeah. so important oh, in the horror. Right, like, yeah, it yeah. just reversed engineered yeah. the yeah. 
Well, it's got this thing. This is the thing that I like. I guess that I like about it. It's like it's ghoulish, right? It's ghoulish in this kind of 1950s kind of innocent way of you know, like you couldn't make this movie now without making it more, uh, uh, more, sorry, there, more, but uh, more, um, more explicit, cynical, uh, grisly, right? Like well, it's dealing with very grisly stuff, but it deals with it in a way that you don't really see it. It's more like playfully ghoulish, like a Scooby Doo episode. There is, yeah, and, and that might be restrictions of the of the cinematic yeah. medium. I mean, they probably wouldn't yeah. let you. But I like, but that's why re- I like releasing a film like that. Now, you know? yeah, it's well, like, when you have those restrictions, they tend. But to I do, do more you know, atmospherically. I'll, I'll play the cynic for a minute. I, I do like how Vincent Price's character is all for the art for the art's sake, and it, it almost echoed, I guess. Uh, the, the the altruistic Warner Brothers creed, and then they said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and cash out by the end of this movie." And that's kind of what they do with the three D technology. We would really like to make a historical drama, but we know people aren't gonna watch that, so we're just gonna it's show 3D. you a real horror filled fright fest. And here you go, have fun with that. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what that the film ends up being. Vincent Price is trying to make this beautiful piece of art, and then he just says, "Ah, screw it, screw it, yeah. we're horrors." <laughs> so there you go. This is Sub- what's gonna sell. Sub- so let's sell it. On top people of like it. Be your pretext. No, you subtext on top. What? Whoa! On top of your text. Deep beneath, man, beneath deep. your your text. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that you know, it doesn't bother me that there's no mystery in this thing. I saw this thing when I was a kid, and it was like blatantly obvious that you know Vincent Price was the guy. But I think it is that kind of. Uh, I think that's the that's the not in session the contract that the filmmaker has made with the audience. It's like you're going in there and like. You know, as the audience, that you know these people that you're looking at are coming close to danger because you know there's something off about that guy. He's the guy who's doing all this stuff. They don't know when are they going to figure out. It feels like an eternity that you're sitting yeah. there going like you know they're standing right next to the fire metaphorically. So it's because like, he's always like you would be perfect <laughs> yeah, for my yeah. next. I need yeah. your body. It's like you need to come back later while we were watching when I'm like, alone. This guy's so a I can sculpt you because he keeps on saying like. You have lovely hands. I wish I had my hands are all like. Can you go over there and run over there and get that for me? Because I can't. Because my legs don't carry me. As you may know, it's like he's laying that on. So it's like, oh, I get it. He can walk. He's being convincing. <laughs> He's overlaid. Oh, because cri- cripples constantly talk about their handicap towards yeah. As you know, I've always, ever since the accident, I haven't been able to walk. I like the way we've lapsed in our Vincent Price accents. Now, this is pretty good. Hello, my name is Vincent Price. And the spider comes jumpity jump. <laughs> so I'll totally recommend it. I mean, I think there's a lot to like about this movie. So. Mailbag. Igor? Igor. Igor, where are you, Igor? Igor. Uh, where are you, Igor? Okay, Igor, thanks a lot. We got uh, Get out of here. on our Boy. Facebook page. <laughs> and uh, just so you know, listener, that you, too, can send us comments you by too. going to Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. Oh, Every no. week we post what we're going to be watching next week. You comment on it. We are guaranteed to read it on air. This week yeah, we have yeah, a comment. Yeah, yeah. From Gary Lazich. Thanks, Gary. Gary. Say, That's what we're calling him. Name, right? <laughs> Gary says of House of Wax, it's one of my favorites, even if I only did see it on television. Well, I mean, we agree. Most of us agree. You I must agree. check yeah. out the 3D Blu-ray. Check it out on 3D, Gary. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. If you have that opportunity, that is definitely the way to see this movie. I think that's agreed Absolutely. by all of us. Absolutely. See it in three. Agreed by all. All right, so that's uh, it for House of Wax on the Saturday Night Freak Show. Next week uh, is going to be Travis's pick. Travis, what are we watching? We will be watching Masters of the Universe starring Dolph Lundgren <laughs> and Frank Langella. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to wear my underoos for that one. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be great. Since awesome. 1986. So, so, so can we say by the power of the Freak Show on that one? <laughs> yes. Well, we can try. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Uh, you can pa- catch all of our past episodes, all 101 of them, I think. This is 102. Wow. On uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podbay FM, Cast Roller, Podbay, and TuneIn Radio. If I didn't say that already. Nice. So until next week, the basement is closed.